What's up, guys? Uh, we're back. Color Shot Podcast, episode 16. Um, listen, we're, we're going to have the Lamar Jackson conversation today. I've been holding off on it for basically the entire time. I've, you know, we've sprinkled some Raven stuff in there, mainly because, number one, um, I didn't want this to be just kind of a Ravens show. I didn't want to have it be heavily based in bias. Um, and number two, I just it has I wanted something like real concrete to happen. I didn't want to just report every single kind of rumor that went out because if we did that, we'd be talking about the same stuff over and over again. Um, I just didn't think that that would be that entertaining. So that it's all we're going to talk about today. I have. I have more prep for Lamar stuff today than I've had for any episode we've done. This is pro- this might be, end up being the longest episode. The mock draft episode was pretty long. Feature- I thought that was pretty cool. So if you guys want to see another one of those, let me know. But yeah, this is going to be a very Lamar-heavy show. So let's just go ahead and get into it. So we're going to have the conversation. We're going to do it. We're going to knock it out. Then we're not going to talk unless something big comes out. We're not going to talk about it again until the other signs announces he's playing on a tag or moves on, goes to another team. And I want to preface this entire conversation with saying, I am a Ravens fan. I've been a Ravens fan my entire life. I remember running around through the streets, my neighborhood, with my shirt off, just going crazy when they won the Super Bowl in 2012. I'm not one of those Ravens fans that showed up when Lamar got here and when he got good. But I will say Lamar Jackson is my favorite football player ever. He's possibly my favorite athlete ever. It's him or LeBron. I, you know, I caught Ray Lewis and I read on like the back nine of their careers. Like if it's we're using golf analogies, they were on hole 16, 17 when I really started, you know, like be aware of football. So I didn't get to see like the peak of those two. I feel like I would have them above him if I got to see that. But frankly, I came into my own as a sports fan and, you know, right at the end of their careers. And I just want to say like, I haven't had the sheer joy of watching a athlete perform at their peak at their like highest level that I have watching Lamar Jackson. Like, the only thing close is like 2016 to 18 LeBron. That was like my high school years. I would watch all the playoff games and stuff like that. You know, like game seven, 51 point uh, game one against the Warriors, all that stuff. But it, it's Lamar. Like if it's, if not for Lamar Jackson, I, I'm not doing a football podcast. Like he reinvigorated my love for football. Like my freshman year of college. That dude made me, like, I kind of was, like, falling off a little bit. I was kind of, you know, getting the other stuff. Lamar Jackson made me love football again. He made me love watching football again. So, we'll get into the news. He was assigned the non-exclusive franchise tag. By now, if you've paid any attention, you know what that means. He can go look for other offers. If he gets an offer sheet for somebody else, Ravens can either match it or they can let him walk. They get that team's next two first-round picks. So before we get into my feelings, I just want, we need to kind of just 
take a step back, take a lot of steps back, go through the whole timeline of things that have happened that have led up to this. So we know 2019 season, he wins the MVP. Mahomes wins the Super Bowl that year. And that summer, Mahomes signed his 10-year, $450 million extension. It, you know, Lamar was not in line for that. It's different. Mahomes has won the Super Bowl. He was, at that point, I think it was just undisputed. He's the best player in the sport. Nobody was really arguing that. But if you just look at the timelines of when each guy was drafted, they both kind of had a redshirt season. Lamar got pulled off the bench and got thrown into action during his supposed redshirt season. But both of them, from time to from draft to Mahomes getting signed, that timeline for Lamar is now not that summer, but the summer after this. So we go through, we go into the next season, 2020 season. Lamar played well, wasn't MVP Lamar by any standard, but he played well enough. They won a playoff game. I think they could have ended up making a push in that Bills game that they lost. I mean, Bills only scored like 13 points or something like that. Lamar, his first injury behind the first injury of his career behind the line of scrimmage, gets a concussion because center snaps it over his head. He tries to make a play, throw it out of bounds, lands on his head. Injury injured behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so they that's his whole third season. Then that summer of 2021, that was when Josh Allen signed his extension. That was the six for 258. You got 150 million guaranteed. That the guaranteed money is what we're going to focus on for the most part when we talk about this stuff. So 150 guaranteed for Josh Allen. At this point, we were having kind of the Josh Allen versus Lamar debates. We weren't really in the Mahomes versus Allen era yet. It was still kind of like, oh, you know, like Lamar's won an MVP. Well, Josh Allen was better this year. Those were kind of the conversations we were having. And like, it, it didn't matter what your opinion was who you thought was better. Naturally, I was going to say Lamar was better. I was going to die on that hill. Um, but it just, that deal set a realistic groundwork for what Lamar's deal was going to look like. So now, you know, I think at that point, we had start to see some news about, oh, Ravens and Lamar, they're talking about a deal. But as we knew, we knew this from the draft, he doesn't have an agent. So it's Lamar. And the casa. It's not Lamar's agent in the casa. It's those two talking face to face. Um, so where's we at this point, we're going in 2021, no extension. 2021 season, that was the season from hell. Um, they were the most injured team in the league. They started eight and one, though. Um, they were first in the AFC at that point. Uh, Lamar was probably the MVP. I'm not saying that because I'm a Ravens fan. If you look at just what he was doing with the cast around him. And it wasn't like, I mean, th this was Mahomes quote down year. This was Rogers second MVP year where he wasn't as dominant. He was, it wasn't like the 2020 season where he had like 45 touchdowns and like six picks or something like that. Um, I think Lamar was in the running for the MVP and then he got hurt. Now, again, when Lamar got hurt this time, it was the second injury again, behind the line of scrimmage. So, it wasn't like he's running. Neither of his injuries so far are running, both behind the line of scrimmage. Um, team went 0-6 after that. They missed the playoffs. They finished 8-9. Um, the 2022 spring and summer, that's where the contract stuff starts to go downhill because you look at it, Deshaun Watson, uh, after sexually assaulting an MLB roster's worth of women, 
about 26, um, became basically an unrestricted free agent. Houston wanted nothing with, to do with him. They basically told his agent, go out, find a trade. We'll just ship you off. Like, we're, we're, we're done with it. We don't want to talk about it anymore. So it was basically Atlanta, New Orleans, and Cleveland in this kind of bidding war. They're, they were all – they were the three teams mainly in the mix. And Cleveland won because they were the team that were was going to offer him fully guaranteed money. Now, this isn't – I think there's kind of this misinformation about Deshaun being like the first to get the fully guaranteed money. It's happened before. Like Cousins – Kirk Cousins, when he went to Minnesota, got fully guaranteed. The reason he got fully guaranteed was because he was – also, he will. He was a real unrestricted free agent. So we're kind of seeing a common do- denominator there. The guys that are basically open market, not restricted, they're going to get guaranteed money. That's how these teams bring them in. So that deal kind of started to set the precedent for the Lamar deal. I think that's the deal that, as we you know look back, that's the precedent that's been set. And I think that's the kind of number that's been lingering around the most. Later that summer um kyler murray's agent announced that he's holding out he's holding out he wants a new contract he wants to get extended at that point uh kyler was 22 23 and one as a starter he missed time towards the end of that season they had where they started 11 and 0 um he then proceeded to have the worst playoff performance i've ever watched from a quarterback um and the worst part was just his attitude throughout the whole thing he looked Rejected. He looked like he couldn't care less. You can make the Call of Duty jokes about how he either was up too late the night before or he wanted to get out of there and go play the, that night. Um, either way, didn't matter. Arizona gives him $160 million guaranteed. So now we kind of step back from the Deshaun Watson deal. Basically, you know, a team that's not the Browns and, you know, a player of, you know, reasonable talent make a reasonable deal. You know, they say, well, you're not getting the fully guaranteed money. We will make you the second highest guaranteed player, guaranteed quarterback of all time. So there it is. Um, and then you also have the famous independent study clause, which you're going to have to tell your quarterback to watch film and you leak the clause to make yourself look better. You know, make it look like you beat the quarterback in your negotiation. Why, why are you even signing him to a deal in the first place? So don't get me started. Not what this is about. Um, then finally, this. This one doesn't really have much to do with it. It's completely different players. Um, but Russell Wilson, he signed for $165 million guaranteed. Um, I forget what the real number. I think the real number was close to 250 But guaranteed money, again, that's what we're focusing on, $165 million. That was the most updated number. That was the top of the market at the time. Now, we get some Lamar stuff. That summer, Lamar doesn't come to OTAs. Very big deal. Very big deal for Ravens fans. People around the league, everyone knows. Is he holding out? What's he doing? Um, he wasn't. He showed up to mandatory minicamp, showed up to training camp, and all that stuff. This is where I think the agent thing will hit on it real quick. I think if he has an agent, this is where the deal gets done. Because, well, you can even argue when Josh Allen's deal got done. I think if he has an agent, he goes, well, just give us that, and we'll chop, chop, we're good. Um but th- this offseason coming into this season, I think if he has an agent, that agent tells him, you're not stepping on a field until you have a deal in place. And I think that would have been the right move. I would have, I was in, in the summer, I was in favor of him holding out. I was like, just get the deal done, whatever it takes. If you have to hold out through training camp, all that different stuff, like, you know, the system by now, you've been in it for five years, just hold out, just let's go. 
get it done. But you know, we, we saw it with Debo. Debo demanded a trade, held out, and then I mean it was less than a month later he had a deal. He just pulled the 49ers. So um I think if he if Lamar holds out, I think that deal gets done in a week. And I also think if he has the agent, they kind of talk him off that fully guaranteed kind of cloud. They kind of dissipate that a little bit. I feel like you know, when you ha- don't have somebody who's been in this business and been in this industry and can kind of poke around, I don't think that, you know, Lamar can't really do that. He can't talk to other owners and other agents and find his value right now, but okay, right now, but we'll get into that. Um, and then, you know, the fur- the closer we get to the season, kind of the more the reality sets in that he's going to play on this fifth year option. You know, I would text with buddies and be like, Today's the day. I think today's the day. I got a good feeling. Like you wake up on the right side of the bed and all of a sudden that means Lamar's signing extension. That's just not what it took. Um, he set the deadline for week one. Basically said as soon as week one hits, I'm not negotiating anymore. Um, again, as we know, that didn't happen. Um, you also start to get some info from the Ravens side at this point. You get the kind of it takes two to tango quote from DaCosta. And then we get into the season. So that's just this big cloud kind of hanging over everything is, oh, he's playing on playing on the tag. Like he's not going to, you know, do all this stuff. Like if he gets hurt, he should, he's not going to rush back all this different stuff. So first three weeks, Lamar is, again, not saying this because I'm a fanboy. He is the MVP of the first three weeks. He had game one, three touchdowns. Game two was the Miami game. He had, I think he had, I think he had four, four total touchdowns that game, and they had five against the Patriots. So just he was lighting it up. They were scoring lots of points. Bateman gets hurt. Offense falls off a cliff. We talked about this last time. I think Bateman's a very valuable player, but, you know, probably because he was our only receiver. Um, so then you get into it. Lamar gets hurt a third time. He was, again, behind the line of scrimmage. So common trend, he's getting hurt behind the line of scrimmage. He's not – not because he's running. It's just, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, getting hit, falls uncomfortably. It's just kind of stuff that happens. Uh, at that point, the Rams were 7-4. and four. They actually had the tiebreaker over the Bengals for the number one seed in the AFC North. They were leading the division when this happened, again. Um, then they go 3-3 three and three to end the season. One of the games that they lost was – well, I, I – okay. I counted the Broncos game that they won basically as without Lamar. Um, because he played like less than a quarter, I think. Um, so yeah, and if you take out the game where Anthony Brown had to start week 18, just because they were kind of throwing the game, they were three and two. They had a winning record without Lamar to end the season. Um, they go in the playoffs, they play the Bengals close. Um, Huntley famously tries to Superman dive over six 300 pound linemen and they run a I, I don't even like talking about that. They run it all the way back. Andrews got blocked in the back. That's all I'm going to say. Um, then, you know, throughout this whole, this is the end of the kind of timeline. We're basically back up to present day. Um, we had lots of cryptic tweets. I remember at one point Lamar liked to Photoshop of him in a Dolphins uniform, um, all that different stuff. Um, you know, now we're kind of in the franchise tag era of this. And what we know is, Lamar leading into the season was being advised by the NFL players association and they wanted him to kind of not hold out obviously because he didn't hold out. 
they want him to kind of stand his ground and be like, I want guaranteed money, fully guaranteed contract. Because be real, that that's what the NFL Players Association wants. They want it to everybody to get it. So they basically say like, oh, well, if Deshaun gets it, then Lamar gets it. Now that now it's a precedent. Now everybody's going to get it. And they're, they're kind of using him as this guinea pig, like this pawn and their big game against the owners. I, I, th- I think it's such BS. I think it's – they screwed him over. Like we're going to talk about whether or not the Ravens are being disrespectful to Lamar using the non-exclusive tag. I think the Players Association screwed him over worse than you can ever say the Ravens did because this man right now could have generational wealth. He would have $170 million guaranteed. But they said, no, you need to hold out for fully guaranteed. Instead, you know, now where is he? He's on the franchise tag again. So I I, I just didn't like the way that went down. Um, And then, you know, speaking of that, it's like the Ravens supposedly, it's been out since like last August that they've had an offer where he would be the second most guaranteed money ever behind Watson. So basically $170 million. If you take out the Albatross contract, for which the worst franchise in the sport, with one of the worst owners in the sport, gave a sexual predator $230 million guaranteed, Lamar Jackson is the highest paid player in NFL history, guaranteed money. So you can say what you want about that. Sounds like a good deal to me. Um, Now you get into some of the, like, the sort of, like, rumor mill kind of portion of this where nothing's really guaranteed it's kind of like high school just kind of like drama stuff where people's just spreading stuff to spread it um they, at one point somebody said they could possibly be over a hundred million dollars apart i didn't I, see i hate when tweets are formatted like that i hate when they say like oh they could possibly like could possibly like do there's no sort of confirmation the ravens don't leak stuff lamar doesn't leak stuff so where are you getting this information from it just sounds very like just sounds fake. And my thing is, is if the Ravens realistically were going to make him the second most guaranteed money ever. So that'd be more than Russell Wilson at 165. Realistic $170 million guaranteed. And their $100 million off would mean Lamar's asking for almost $300 million. He's asking for 270. Like anywhere from that like range. I, I just think that that would have been ridiculous. I think that that math just, it just doesn't matter. Um, and then last week, I think this one's more realistic. They said that DaCosta went down to Miami to meet with Lamar. And basically, this is the Custer's last stand. This is kind of like it's whatever kind of film reference you want to make about it. It's John Snow meme where all the guys in the Battle of the Bastards are coming at him. This is DaCosta making his best offer. And obviously, the best offer wasn't good enough. So now we're here. Tag deadline shows up. Here were my thoughts going in on where I would have stood with each of the tags. The exclusive tag, I would have told you he is 100% gone. Like he was not going to play for our team again because they've been doing this dance. They've been negotiating this contract for two years now. If there's no sort of outside force kind of, playing into this negotiation, then they're just running around in a circle. They're just doing this, having the same conversations over and over and over again. And I just don't think that they 
there's any chance that a deal gets done. And using the exclusive, nobody can, you know, negotiate. There's no like, you know, sign them. They get, you get two first round picks. This, if they use the exclusive, the thought process that I think was, well, this is the way we get the most out of a trade. We can trade them. We can tag them. We can just trade them, get three ones, two twos, and another player or something like that. I don't even know if that's what the deal would be. I mean, given what Russ got, I would assume he would get something like that. Um, and then when you look at non-exclusive, I thought that, I thought that, that was the way they should go. I think it's the best chance that they had of bringing him back because now he gets to go see his market. The Ravens are only letting him go see his market because they – two things really. They think that they either have the best offer on the market or it's pretty close. And they feel like anything that he comes back with, they will be comfortable matching. And, you know, with how much DaCosta, the Ravens GM – loves draft picks like go look at his twitter like the videos that they post of him from like the senior bowl and stuff that dude is obsessed with picks i think he i I just think he's he thinks about it in his sleep he dreams about it so i i just can't see him loving picks as much as he does being like oh yeah well like if we if you know if we're not feeling it we'll just we'll just take two ones no he's going to he's going to milk every pick possible out of that deal like we've seen it with him before with Hollywood, with Orlando Brown making those trades, he's going to get ones back. Like he's going to, you know, like both those trades, he didn't just get straight up ones. Like he went, it's like, oh, well, we'll trade you our third in Hollywood and we'll move up. So they're basically moving up 60 picks. Like the Orlando Brown trade, they took their, they, the Chiefs got our second back, but we moved into the first round. So I, the way he values picks, I don't think he's just like fine with getting two first round picks for the best quarterback in franchise history. Um, deadline hit yesterday. It's the non-exclusive tag. I, I've been seeing people say that the Ravens are disrespecting Lamar Jackson with using the non-exclusive tag. What, what the hell are you even talking about? Like, first of all, the Ravens have done this with other players. They let Ray go explore the market. They've used the non-exclusive tag on Suggs before. They're letting them test the market. They're letting them see what else is out there and then letting them come back and say like, okay, well now I know they have more information. They can go do different things. They can come back. It makes it easier negotiation for everybody. So especially when Lamar doesn't have an agent who can go and do sneaky stuff behind the scenes, because you know, they all do it. He can't, doesn't have an agent that's vouching for him and going to talking to other agents and other teams and be like, Hey, what's this guy's value? The only number that Lamar has in his head right now is the Deshaun Watson number. He doesn't know like any other number. He basically saw what one team gave. He's like, oh, well, I want that now. So now when he's looking at it, if he goes to get to talk to other teams, they're just like, oh, well, you know, we're not going to give you that, but we'll actually give you this. And then he can compare that number to the Ravens. I think that just being able to let him, it's a very, you know, unique position. He doesn't have an agent. You go and let him kind of get as much information possible. That way you're not feeling like you're screwing him over. Because if like, if they were, I think it's more disrespectful that if they would have just been like, no, we're exclusively tagging you, you don't get to see what your real, your real value is. You know, it's like when you let him go explore the offer, other offers, it's like, you know, you can let him do that. And I think you're also, you know, the Ravens are tapped in. Like they're not going to just let them do this unless they feel like they're very positive that they have the best offer. Like we said earlier, you know, we saw kind of his value 
pretty quickly. Unless, you know, teams are lying about this. Like Panthers, Raiders, Commanders, Falcons, Dolphins. Within 30, half an hour, they were all like, we're not interested. So, and it's not collusion. It's really not. It Like these teams just aren't going to spend. Because basically when you do these deals under the non-exclusive tag, you have to hold that cap space. So you can't go make other deals with the money that you're supposed to be using on Lamar. So if, you know, I don't know, the, the Falcons went out and paid him, if the year one value for him was $50 million and they gave, you know, they plan on using the $50 million on Lamar, they can't go and negotiate that money with other people. So you're waiting on Lamar. You're waiting on the Ravens to match this offer. What happens if after five days the Ravens be like, yep, we're matching the offer? That's free agency. Like all these guys are just other guys are just off the board. You can't build a roster now. So teams aren't really gonna waste their time. It's like, wait, so now we just lost the quarterback. We lost, you know, the time to go out and try to get these guys, and we didn't have, you know, like at the time the money to go make deals with other people as well. It's like I I just I can understand I can understand the fans not getting mad. Like if you're a Falcons fan, you're like, really? We're rolling out Desmond Ritter, but I can also understand it's like, oh, it's like, well, the front offices, they're not going to waste their time. They, they got other things to do. They got a team to build. It's like, oh, you know, I don't think I don't think what the Ravens doing is disrespectful. Um, I think he, both sides have said they want to be together at some point. They want to be Raven. Lamar wants to be Raven. The Ravens are 200% positive they want him on their team. So if they're letting him go and walk, you know, they're going to let him come back. They're, they're going to, you know be what's best for each other, hopefully. And, you know, it's better than just holding him hostage with an exclusive tag and basically saying, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to let you talk to other teams. So I, I think, again, I think that non-exclusive was the way to go. Um, and I think non-exclusive is the way to go if we want him on the team this year. I think both ways, I'm, I'm not sure about what happens long-term because he's already proven it's like, He'll he'll play on a fifth year option. He'll play on a one year deal. He will he will risk it for the biscuit. Like he's comfortable doing that. He's going to believe in himself, and you know that's part of the reason I love him. Like he doesn't he wants to play football. That's all he wants to do. It's just like some of this stuff just makes me so mad. But I don't know. I think there's a world where he just plays this year out. He rolls in the season, basically says like, yeah, I'll play it out. You know the Ravens. The Ravens have a good roster. They add another receiver. They already have a very good defense, very good offense line. They could make a run. I mean, they lost – the team that they lost in the playoffs gave the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions, a run for their money. It took a roughing pat or roughing call on the sidelines and a 50-something yard field goal and freezing cold to beat the Bengals. And the Ravens hung with, hung with them. So – I don't think it's, that's really a homer pick. I, I think that's just the facts that they have a good roster. They can make a run. Like if he, what if he goes out and wins MVP on a one year on the non-exclusive option? Now he's, you know, he can get tagged again, but he's going to get a deal. I think the, either the Ravens are going to have, they're going to have to pay up at some point. So I don't know. I want him back. I, I hope he's back. Um, it's, I, I don't think even if he gets, this tag thing, it's not over. It's not a done deal that he's getting extended, though. I just think that that's the facts. I need a break, and then we'll we'll talk about some other stuff. Whew. All right. Got some water. I sat down for a bit. 
think that might have been the longest I've ever talked consecutively in my entire life. That was 26 minutes straight. I mean, whew. I, need, I, I was seeing stars a little bit there. Um, okay, so we can't live in just sunshine world where basically everything just works out perfectly for, you know, my favorite football team. So let's talk about what happens and what scenarios where he wouldn't be back in 2023, where he would be on another team. So like I said earlier, I, I highly doubt the Ravens are putting themselves in this position with the non-exclusive tag where unless they think that they can match whatever offer comes their way now they've the league has kind of put protections in so other teams can't do these things called poison pills where they just offer an absurd kind of thing in different you know hidden things in the contract different clauses where it makes it kind of impossible for the Ravens to bring them back they're protected against that stuff but what can, teams can do is they can front load the contract out the wazoo and just make it impossible for the Ravens to clear cap space for the, for Lamar. So, you know, team could, you know, team like the bears or the Falcons, they could be like, yeah, you'll make $60 million. You're one guaranteed. There you go. And then it would just be very tough for the Ravens. Cause now they're, I think they're negative eight under the cap right now. And, um, I think Lamar's at 32. So if he gets to 60, that's another 28 they got to take on. They got to do a lot of restructures. So it'll kind of put them in cap purgatory. So um, I've seen other people do this. So we're going to break down the teams that, you know, are in or out on Lamar. I think I saw Rich Eisen do this, but this is my version. It's my show. I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, so teams that already have a quarterback are not going to be going after Lamar. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Philly, Jacksonville, Arizona, Cleveland, Chargers, uh, New Orleans just signed Carr, uh, Seattle just signed Geno, and the Giants just signed Daniel Jones. Um, teams that should, but they just can't. Um, going to Dallas Cowboys, I think they they would like to upgrade, but they just kind of can't. Um, Minnesota, I think I, I see Vikings fans on social media all the time. Talking about like, go get Lamar. I don't, I don't know if that's kind of in the car. I don't know what kind of – I just can't see that happening. Um, the Rams don't have picks, um, don't have cap space. That's just not going to happen. They, I think they were talking about trading Stafford today, so we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. We can talk about that another time. Um, and then Denver, they just signed Russ. In all, like, I think Sean – we talked about this last time. Sean Payton would love to get rid of Russ, but that's just not going to happen. Um Next category, let's see it with the young guys. Um, I have Chicago in there. It sounds like they're not going to trade fields. They're going to give them another year. I think that's a good spot for them. If he sucks, they'll be bad again. They can pick another guy. If he's good, he's good. That's great. That's a win. Um, I put Green Bay just because I'm I'm assuming at this point it's going to be Jordan Love. And then I also put Pittsburgh in here. Pickett played well at the end of the year. Um, I think they'll give him another year at least. And then, I'll, however, I do think – I think the Steelers, like Tomlin, seems like the guy, kind of guy that would love Lamar, and I think they would, I think they would throw an offer just to kind of piss the Ravens off. Um, next category, if only we had dot dot dot. Um, I put Miami and I put San Francisco. Um, they don't have picks, so I think there's something where if they wait until after the draft, they would be able, both be able to do it because then they would be able to give the picks necessary, like the, their own two first round picks. But um, 
I, I don't see this play. I don't see it kind of playing out that long. Um, next category with the first and second pick in the 2023 NFL draft, um, put Indy and Houston in here just because I think those two teams are going to go get their own quarterbacks. I don't think they're going to mess around kind of train for Lamar. Um, that's 22 teams so far that we've named. Um, next category, we're going to kind of get this. This one's the fun one. The, well, they tweeted that really fast. Um, that's Vegas, Carolina, the Falcons, and the Commanders. Again, we talked about it earlier. These were the teams that just immediately were like, no, not doing it. We talked about that. Probably just don't want to waste their time. Um, I, th- I think Vegas, I-, I honestly think Vegas, Carolina, Atlanta could draft QBs. Like, I think they'll probably fall in love with someone. And the Commanders, they're just, I th- they're so dysfunctional that they just, they, they wouldn't, I don't even know. We, we won't do that. We won't have that conversation. So that's 26 teams. Now, let's see who's left. Number one's the Jets. You, the, Right now, they're all in on Rodgers. I can see them, if that doesn't work out for some reason, maybe Rodgers finds out that the owner is the heir to the Johnson and Johnson family, putting out all the vaccines that he hates. Maybe that can, you know, turn sour. Um, I don't know why the... I guess they just can't say it because Lamar's technically not like free agent, but they're not, they're doing it with the Rogers. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I feel like they would be more, they should be more interested in Lamar. Um, I don't want them to be obviously, but you know, suit yourself. Um, I could see them pivoting though. After if Rogers doesn't work out the Patriots, I think the Patriots, if they could somehow pry Lamar away, that would kind of be Belichick's like last swing kind of last punch towards this Brady versus Belichick debate. Um, I don't I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Mac Jones, plain and simple. Like the one season that they made the playoffs with him, he was just he just kind of got the ball out quick. I think they'll be able to do some more of that with Bill O'Brien. The defense was also just ridiculous that year. So unless the defense is gonna play two thousand level Ravens defense, I don't think that that team's really gonna be able to make a move forward with Mac. It would be funny if Lamar went to the Patriots because that's the other team that kind of is known for struggling drafting wide receivers. So that, that would just, uh, that would make for some funny memes. Um, then I have the Bucks. La, Lamar's from Florida. Um, they, in theory, could be in play. They have good weapons. They would be able to kind of like put together a decent roster. I forget who they put, who they, I think it was, Canales, the QB coach from Seattle, is their offense coordinator now. Um, I think they're kind. Of, I think they're going to kind of reset though. Um, they cut the left tackle, Donovan Smith. I think they saw something. They might be trying to move off Levante David. You can kind of do like a quick pivot, maybe just kind of suck this year. Go with a young guy next year. Like if you can be bad enough of Caleb Williams, Drake May, give it a year with kind of the current construction of the roster, see what you have, and then and then go forward after that. Um, Tennessee, they well, I, I originally had them in the if only we had dot 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 because I didn't think they had any cap space. I didn't think they'd be able to do it. They've actually sneaky made some cap space, but I, I think they're also trying to reset the roster. Um, they're they're trying to. There's rumors uh, rumors about them trading Derrick Henry. I think they'll probably try to move off some other guys too. It's a new regime. It's a new GM. I don't see them making a win now move this early. Um, a lot of the new guys try to like they either go all in or they go like we'll just build this from the ground up. 
um, they've already kind of started to lean the way of building from the ground up. So I don't think that they're really in the mix. Again, they're another one of those teams that doesn't like the Ravens, though, so I can see them throwing an offer just to kind of stir the pot a little bit. Um, then the team I think most realistic, I think would honestly probably be the best fit if he wasn't on the Ravens, would be the Lions. Um, they have cap space, but it's not, again, it's not enough cap space where you can kind of make it hard for Baltimore not to match. Like, I think the two teams that legitimately could shake up kind of Baltimore and make them really, like, have to work for it would be Atlanta and Chicago. Um, Chicago has, like, 90 million cap space, and Atlanta has, like, 60. The thing is, though, if you're Atlanta, it's like, the, like, realistically, you would have to give up all 60 of that to Lamar year one just to be like, there's no way you can match this offer. So now we have Lamar, but then, like, your team's not that great around them. And don't, I, I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm going to say this. I don't know if I've said this on other podcast. W- what's up with the, like, the Atlanta Falcons have this just loaded offense thing? Like, they're like, oh, get Lamar in Atlanta. What? Their team's not – I just don't understand. So the Ravens have a better offensive line. They have a better tight end. Kyle Pitts is not better than Mark Andrews. If you're, I know the fancy people want Lamar there, so Kyle Pitts would be better. But right now, currently constructed, Andrews is better than Pitts. So it's O-line, better tight end, better running back group. Don't even try to argue with me on that. Dobbins averaged six yards a carry. Don't even try to argue with me on that. Um, and then you just, great. You have Drake London. We have Bateman as number ones. Drake London's better. I'll, I will give you Drake London. What other guys are they rolling out? Alameda, Zacchaeus. How, mu- how much better is he than DeMarcus Rod? Like, I'm sorry. You can't convince me that. Atlanta would be a better situation for him. You you just physically can't. And then you just look at the rest of the team, the defense, the coaching. That's just it's that's just absurd. Sorry. I'm gonna take a drink. Sorry. I just get so I get so heated about that. I I just do not understand where that came from. Like I can understand the Lions one, Jameson Williams, like Swift, you know, Amon Ra. Well, they don't have Hawkins anymore, but you know, Ben Johnson, that offensive line, that in theory, is a better offensive situation for Lamar Jackson. But Atlanta, give me a goddamn break. I, I just don't think that that's even close. Um, but, yeah, so those are the teams that we just kind of run down who's where, kind of in the are we getting Lamar Jackson field. If we're just going to go to finish it off, my percentages for it, is he staying, is he going, I think if we're just talking about the 2023 season, I'm at close to like 90. I wouldn't say 90, but I'm going to put it at 85% that he's on the team next year. Again, I think it's very hard for these teams. It's going to be hard for these teams to kind of make offers that the Ravens won't be able to match. Um, but the thing is, though, it's like past 2023, I'm, it's 50-50. Because, again, I, th- I think I think there's a more than likely chance that he just plays on the, on the tag. Like he's done it before. He's proven that like he is – confident in himself enough where he will play on a one year prove it deal. So I'm not, I've, I've trained myself at this point to just not even expect an extension. If it does, it'll just be the best present I can get. But honestly, I just, uh, this is a rough time. This has been a rough couple months, a couple years. I mean, I don't know. talk about like whether or not, like, I don't know. I, I had this conversation with, buddy the other day about the Ravens Super Bowl window 
and we were debating on which team was the best. And I think you can the 2019 team on paper, yes, like they won 14 games. They had the best season. I think the 21 season is the team I would have liked to have seen because that was the only team that's beaten the Chiefs. Because I think that, and I think that was important because I don't think the 19 team beats the Chiefs in the playoffs. They kind of got handled by them in the regular season, and then they got handled by them again the next season, like week three, I think it was. So I think I think the 21 team, they beat the Chiefs, and that was the year that they were you know, littered with injuries. Stanley, Marcus Peters, all the running backs, all the running backs. Bateman missed like the first half of the season, and then, you know, Bateman comes back. What do you know? Marlon Humphrey tears his back. He's out. And then we have the cluster, they have the cluster injuries at corner. Can't cover anybody. I don't know. I think on paper, that was the best team because those were the best weapons. That was the year you had Hollywood go for over a thousand. You had Andrews as the tight end one on the year. He had a better season than Kelsey. So it's just, just the stats. Not trying to say he's better or anything. It's just the stats, just the stats. Um, but yeah, no, I think that those were, that was the best year for the weapons. I think, God, I think that would have been the team because they proved they could beat the Chiefs. They could swing with them now. You know, I don't know. I, I, I just think that that was – I I think if Lamar comes back the way – I think the defense is going to be very good. I think they got to fill up the corner, the second corner spot. But other than that, I think I think this team's really good if they bring back Lamar. So, I mean, I'm mean, on the show. I've been talking for way too long. I'm going to play some PGA now. So, I'm going to relax a little bit. But – uh. Final thoughts, Lamar, if for some reason you're scrolling through Twitter, you stumble upon the link to this podcast and you're listening right now, you made it to the end. Sorry, I hope I didn't, you know, upset you or anything. Um, I love you. I hope you're here for the rest of your career. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to see you play live yet. And there's the COVID seasons and stuff like that. And I was actually supposed to go to the Monday night game where you threw 440 yards, four touchdowns and came back and beat the Colts, but had to get rid of the tickets. Um that one really, that one stung. That one stung. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if you're all the way here and, you know, you, you enjoyed the podcast, you, you should come on sometime, man. You know, like we, I feel like we would get along. Like, I feel like we would have a good time. Like, I know Burrow goes on with Coward a lot. Uh, you know, Mahomes went on with Nick Wright on his, you know, first things first. And Josh Allen's on Kyle Brandt's podcast. You know, if you, Lamar, I, I'm, extending an offer you can come on my show all the time if you want you know i'm not i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna beg but you know you can go i guess he, can, he could lamar can come on the show if you want but yeah so that's it that's the show um we're on spotify we're on tiktok call your shop podcast um tell your friends rate review uh five stars you love it four stars you don't and i'm out peace <laughs>